go, Mickey Spagnola. It's time for a special edition of Mix Shots on the day before the National Football League Draft. Old school with the old Cowboys fight song. It's time to get fired up for the 2020 National Football League Draft. Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola. I love that fight song. And Mickey, as you know, I love the NFL Draft. Yes, absolutely. And I bet you're acting like tomorrow's going to be Christmas. Uh, great old school song for two veteran uh, schoolers, right? I'm not calling us old schoolers. We're veteran schoolers right now uh, doing mix shots here uh, day before the draft. And, yeah, and I can't wait, Bill. Uh, for just something that's real, not anything that's a mock, not anything that's uh, I this or E that. It's it's going to be actually the first real sports since the middle of March. Yep, and uh, so we're, let's gonna we're gonna spend about a half hour here talking about it. We're doing it a little bit differently this week. Uh, the folks at DallasCowboys.com getting set for the draft, and so we're doing uh, our own little Zoom. Uh, uh, Mix shots and which is now being posted on DallasCowboys.com, which is where most of you are seeing this. But uh, we're also posting it on YouTube and tweeting it out as well. And uh, you know, Mickey, really, uh, our each of us, our history with the NFL draft goes back a long ways. But really, with Dallas, with uh, the old uh, Dallas Cowboys channel, where we really started diving into the draft on a regular basis was, uh, I think, back in that 2005 draft when uh, DeMarcus Ware was the number one pick and Marcus Spears also went in the first round. And we had a lot of programming time to fill back then. And so uh, we talked a little a few weeks ago about interviewing uh, DeMarcus Ware's high school coach. And uh, I, I think we interviewed Marcus Spears as well. That was one of the best drafts in Cowboys history. And, of course, DeMarcus Ware is going to be a part of the Cowboys virtual draft watch party along with Jamie Foxx on Thursday night. And, Mickey, it just so happens to be tomorrow on Thursday, the first day of the draft is also the 15-year anniversary of when the Cowboys drafted DeMarcus Ware and Marcus Spears in the first round. You know, Bill, funny you, uh, you bring up talking Cowboys because uh, so I'm upstairs in kind of the game room. And I've got a lot of stuff stored away, not stored away, just kind of sitting around. And I found this big black uh, kind of uh, small folder case-like. And I opened it up and there must be 15 Talking Cowboys uh, discs in there. And really? I and I didn't, I haven't used them. They had dates on them. It didn't have the year. And I'm wondering if it's from back in 2005 or 2006 when we were doing the show, but uh, as if I don't have time on my hands now, right? I'm gonna put one in when I do and uh, see what I've got. But yeah, that was a long, long time ago when we, uh, and we nailed that draft too, bad, by the way, in 2005. That's right. We, <laughs> we nailed that draft better than Bill Parcells. Yes, we did, you're right. <laughs> Parcells wanted to take Spears first, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> And now look where those guys are today. DeMarcus Ware on his way uh, after he waits a while to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Marcus Spears uh, on ESPN and a, a really good voice there, too, uh, analyzing things. He's a great personality. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I, I actually did a little Zoom interview with DeMarcus Ware, which I posted on uh, CBS 11, Bill Jones. You can take a good 10 or 12 minutes talking with DeMarcus about 
hosting the watch party and about that draft. And by the way, the guy that he wants the Cowboys to draft is another edge rusher. Imagine that. Dalevon Chason from LSU. So you can hear his thoughts on that as well. But talking about that 2005 draft, what a draft that was, not only with Ware and Spears in the first round, but you had Kevin Burnett in the second round, who was a really good player. Of course, he had no knee issues. Uh, and then you had Marion Barber in the fourth round, Chris Canty in the fourth round, Jay Ratliff, a four-time Pro Bowler in the seventh round, and Rob Petiti. Remember <laughs> Rob Petiti in the sixth round? He came in as a walk-in starter at right tackle for that team. Do you, do you remember how Parcells always talked about him, that Petiti, that Petiti? <laughs> he would always say, that Petiti. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but he actually start. I mean, he started that rookie. That, that's how – uh, that offensive line, they needed so much help. That guy actually started before, I, and he didn't play, but what, a year or two in the league? Hey, and that, there's proof that, I mean, look at the guys, the, the third day of the draft that they got who were starters in this league, from Barber to Canty to Ratliff in the seventh round to uh, Petiti in the sixth round. And really, I think if you look at the way the draft, the interest in the draft over the last 15 years it started about during that time. And I think the big thing that happened that got fans and media more interested in the draft than ever before was the advent of YouTube. When YouTube started and videos could be posted, and for those of us who had football withdrawals a week after the Super Bowl, you could then start focusing on the draft. And I started watching the entire college football season, which I don't have time to watch during the as much of. Uh, during the fall, and where I'm just dying, you know, I've got big green notebooks. You, you look right, in there, twenty nine ten years of big green notebooks. I just found in a drawer over here, and uh, I just love it because of that. But I do think that because we now can act as scouts ourselves, it's just drive by scouting on uh, YouTube, but you can actually see footage of these guys, which is in sharp contrast to prior than fifteen years ago. And you know, and Bill, and and what it's done not only helped us but it's helped the fans out there, our listeners, because now everybody can be an expert or at least an expert in what they see. I mean, you know, I, I can remember way back to high school when uh, I was a sophomore and our, our head football coach would say, tape don't lie. And he would just <laughs> say it over and over and over again, right? And we had guys on the team that would try to plead their case. And he goes, well, okay, let's see, let's put this on. And he goes, so, what? You, you didn't do nothing there. You, you missed your assignment. You didn't make the tackle. And it was pretty funny, but I always forget that. I never forget that. Tape don't lie. High school coach, Mickey? Uh, football coach, yes. Sophomore year in high school. Okay. Did, did they have tape back then, Mickey? We had uh, or, was that, or, or was the saying, film don't film lie. Film don't lie, yeah. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we heard uh, from uh, Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy and Stephen Jones with a uh, the first ever uh, virtual pre-draft press conference on uh, Tuesday. And what what's your takeaway from what you heard in that? Well, uh, you know, I think from a, a preparation standpoint, they sounded uh, pretty confident that they were able to do from all their separate places uh, by streaming the, their their meetings uh, for the past two weeks together. Uh, that they, they felt like they were very prepared. I think Jerry Jones said, we probably are as prepared as we've ever been. And this is kind of a new coaching staff. Uh, but he said, 
because it was all this virtual stuff streaming off big screens, he goes, everybody was very concise uh, on, on their assessment of the different players they were talking about. And, and he felt like the preparation went well. And, and you know, Bill, when we'd be at the, at the ranch or the star, you know, the two weeks prior to this week, they would go two a days and go position by position, ranking their board. And they were able to do that and, and felt very confident. So I thought uh, that certainly was a good thing that they felt like they're prepared, like there's no excuse for, uh, you know, something going wrong or making a bad pick or whatever. They feel like they've, they've done their evaluations to their satisfaction. And Mike McCarthy was kind of impressed on how uh, seamlessly the preparation went. Yep, and I know there's a lot of people that are going to be watching. Of course, this is the only uh, sporting event of sorts that we have in American society over this uh, long uh, period here. And so I think the TV ratings are going to be uh, through the roof, uh, especially because everyone's sitting at home with nothing to watch. Uh, but they're also going to be watching to, to, make, to, to see if there are any glitches or, or along the way. And I think uh, just sort of as a society, as, as media and, and, and fans, we should give them some grace on this. Uh, that, yeah, there's going to be some glitches, naturally. I mean, there's glitches on everything uh, that everybody's doing right now. And so let, let's give them some grace if there are some difficulties at times. Yeah, so absolutely. Gonna... Everything's, I mean, it's not going to be perfect. If you think what you're trying to do, uh, connecting 32 teams uh, with the NFL office along with themselves, uh, and, and then making sure that uh, within the organization, like the Cowboys, that uh, they have direct phone lines. Jerry has one to Stephen, to, to Will McClay, uh, to Mike McCarthy, and whoever else he needs. And then bringing all these guys on their streaming device uh, when it's the, to talk about what's going on. And to the point of having phones hooked up for trades, uh, it, it's a pretty big undertaking. But you know what? Uh, I had found out that from, from a broadcast standpoint uh, and, and a draft standpoint, Major League Soccer uh, in January, before they had to do this, did it. They, they basically had a virtual draft. And I watched the WNBA draft a little bit, and they didn't seem to have many problems either. Now, we're talking 12 teams, not 32. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm sure – I thought the good thing that Jerry said is when they did the mock on Monday – uh, league-wide that when they had a glitch they had backups to the backup to the backup and they were able to uh, employ those to take care of whatever problem they they might have come up with because who knows uh, you know I was I was writing today on, on for, for mix shots it'll be posted on dallascowboys.com I said what if the internet decides to go on strike <laughs> the drafts off right <laughs> Well, and, and I think I think the the bigger issue will be communication um, amongst fellow employees, like communication between Jerry and Stephen and Mike McCarthy and position coaches that they may want to talk to and everything. I would like to. I, I wasn't able to sit in on the press conference yesterday. I would like to know what their setup is going to be. Are they going to have? their own video conference uh, call going on on a couple of monitors maybe just as a backup to make sure as well but i'm not as concerned about the trades i mean the the trades get pulled off just like they always do we can still use phone lines you yeah know? exactly 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 right and 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 look they've had problems with trades before right uh, <laughs> I, I i was just right uh writing about 
the first trade that Jerry and Jimmy ever did in that 1989 draft. Uh, it was in the second round, and I don't know if people remember or not, uh, but the Cowboys were on the clock, and they were talking with the Raiders uh, about uh, doing a trade, and they, ran, they were running out of time. So the Raiders basically said, okay, um, you take, you take uh, the guard, uh, Wisniewski, Steve Wisniewski, for us, and then when it's our pick, 10 picks later, we'll take Daryl Johnson for you, and then we'll trade. And that's how they did, because they ran out of time. And how many times have the Cowboys actually let the clock expire, right, that one year? And they went running up there, and it was like they got chewed out, like, don't you ever do that again, right? <laughs> so, yeah, things during the regular draft have had problems, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about we dive into this draft? And uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see what the Cowboys do at number 17. Uh, prospects of trading up, trading back. Uh, what do you, I don't think there, there are very good prospects of trading up. I, I think there's much, if they're going to make a trade, they'd be trading back. Yeah, if, if they had one position or one player that was going to turn this whole thing around or make them take that next step, then okay, fine, trade up. But I don't think they see that. Uh, and, and certainly – uh, when Jerry was asked about possibly using that first round pick uh, to trade for a veteran player and no player was mentioned, but everybody knows what the question was, would you trade for Jamal Adams, the safety from the Jets? Uh, and Jerry's answer to trading uh, that pick for a veteran player, player uh, was highly unlikely. And his point is it costs too much. Not only does it cost you a first round pick and probably more, because if you remember when this came up last year with Jamal Adams, the Jets wanted a first and a second. Uh, and the Cowboys drew the line and said, no way. But it also cost you salary cap money. So the key thing is when you've got high-priced players like the Cowboys have right now, Dak's going to make now 31.4 for sure on the franchise tag, if that's what it is. Uh, and, and then you've got Amari Cooper uh, you're paying. You're paying Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, you know, you've got some high salaries, you're paying Zeke. Uh, you've got to supplement your roster with draft choices because that's the, the, less, the least expensive way to get good players on your 53-man roster. So, yeah, trading up to me uh, seems unlikely unless it's a spot or two, maybe uh, you can do that. Uh, but, but to trade a lot – to get one person, I, I don't think that's likely. I think the more likely thing is that they, they trade down. You know, and Stephen Jones talked about it on the, on the draft uh, conference call, uh, talking about, well, it's hard to say. you got to tell me what the board says when, when we get on the clock. You know, what's left, at, not only at that position, but what's left after that if you wanted to move down. And, you know, they – uh, it reminded me, Bill, of that 2013 season uh, when the Cowboys were, uh, they were, I believe it was 18, 18. and, 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 and they, they, they didn't like what they saw, and they had their eye on a center. It happened to be Travis Frederick, and they traded down with San Francisco all the way to 31, uh, and they got Frederick at 31 and picked up a third-round pick that ended up being Terrence Williams. And Say what you want about Terrence Williams, but he ended up being a starter for the Cowboys for several years before he flamed out. So 
that was a case of, okay, everybody criticized the pick. Oh, you could have got him in the second or third round. Well, how do you know that? There was no guarantee, right? Uh, right. So they ended up with a five-time pro bowler by trading down. You know, you look at that 2013 draft, that was the best thing by far that they did in that draft, too, was trading down, taking Travis Frederick. They took that pick to take Terrence Williams because in the second round, they took Gavin Escobar. And uh, their other third-round pick was J.J. Wilcox. After that, in the fourth round, B.W. Webb. Fifth round, Joseph Randall. And Devontae Holloman was in the sixth round. Now, in in Holloman's case, he had an injury, which uh, short-circuited his career. But that was definitely the best thing they did. And, And to your point earlier about where they are as far as the salary cap, and now with a quarterback that right now is on the books for $31.5 million, you need to invest in, you need to have a good draft because you need to have these guys come in and contribute, which to the point of if, if your guy that, or the one or two guys that you really would want at 17 are not there, trading back, picking up an extra third round pick uh, might be the way to go. Uh, just to just to be able to fill those those needs that you that you have right now. And Bill, think about it. You know, everybody wants to right away, even before the draft, judge teams off off seasons and, and give them grades, right? Well, uh, the Cowboys, what they did in free agency so far is they just kind of plugged holes. It didn't like they sunk their teeth into anything that's going to turn them around. It's like, okay, let's make sure we're covered here at defensive tackle. Let's make sure we're covered here at safety uh, and on and on. Uh, But to me, what they do in this draft will determine uh, the level of success in this off season because they need to hit uh, especially on those first two days, to get players to help them take that next step. Okay, uh, specifically at 17, one guy who I've alluded to earlier, DeMarcus Ware, loves Calevon Chason. I like him too. Uh, when you look at him, uh, you know, he was injured uh, two years ago in 2018, had six sacks or so in, in 2019. What I like most about him, though, is his potential. He's only 20 years old, turns 21 later this year, a few months away. And you can see his athleticism, his ability to bend and get around a left tackle. Uh, but also from, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy says this is a 4-3 defense. But obviously, they want it to be more of a hybrid type defense. And this guy is athletic enough, unlike DeMarcus Ware, and I think DeMarcus will admit to this, you know, he was best at pinning his ears back and going after the quarterback. And he could cover a guy coming out of the backfield. Chason has that ability. He can go back and, and, and play some pass coverage, too. You know, I, I can remember saying this about DeMarcus Ware when they were in a 3-4. And it was like, I don't like DeMarcus Ware going backwards. I like him going forward. I don't want him covering anybody. But when you look at Chason, and I went back, Bill, and uh, it, and I hadn't done this because I went to the national championship game. So I never saw the TV broadcast. And I went back and rewatched the game. And all of a sudden, boy, 18 was giving Clemson fits. No matter if he was sacking the quarterback, he was just affecting their offense so big. And I'm going, this guy's got so much talent. And you're right. Uh, he, he's young. He's got room to grow. You mentioned he didn't play in 2018 because of the injury. 
and and so he's he's young. He doesn't have that much experience, but you can see he's got some of those same quality. And I'm not saying he's Demarcus Ware, but he's got some of those same qualities. The same qualities Randy Gregory has that unique ability to turn the corner and bend without losing your balance. That 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 was something Taco Charlton had trouble with. He, he, he would, it seemed like he had the athletic ability, but he couldn't keep his balance turning the corner. He would always fall, slide out. Uh, this guy, I think, is awfully good. And to me, uh, you know, I, I was thinking we'd save this to the end, but if, if they're at 17 and he's available, uh, unless something weird happens and drops in their lap, I, he's got to be the guy, I think. I, I, I agree with that. The other thing I love about him, I love his, his, uh, his confidence, his personality. He's got, and I talked with DeMarcus about this, which you can see on the, the interview that I've posted. He's got, and DeMarcus, uh, he phrased it as an arrogance that he had. And he, you know, De, DeMarcus himself had a quiet arrogance about him. Michael Irvin obviously had a brash arrogance about him. But the thing about Michael, and Caleb on has, it appears that he has this same quality about him. You can see that he's got, uh, he's got some smarts about him, you know. He, 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 when he's pulling your leg, there's a little gleam in, in his eye that he knows he's pulling your leg, but he's still going to pull your leg anyway. I mean, like the comment that he had at the combine where he says, it's obvious. I, to be, let's all be honest. I'm the most valuable player in this draft. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I mean, he doesn't really mean that, but he's saying that because it's just an air that he has a, a quality. And then you see shots of him in that national championship game, I think, maybe in the, in the semifinal game where he's on the sideline. You can see it's, it's genuine where he's leading the team and so forth. By the way, in that semifinal game against Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb catches a ball back behind the, the linebacking core and Caleb on runs him down from behind. That showed a lot of what his speed is all about. You know, all you got to do is Google uh, his, his interview at the Combine, and it's, it's probably a riveting, I don't know, five, ten minutes talking about the things you said. And, 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 he basically, and I'm paraphrasing in here, uh, but one of the things he said, do you want somebody that can do one thing, or do you want somebody to do three things? Because I can do all three things. I can rush the passer, I can stop the run, and I can cover. He goes, and if, I, if it's me, I want somebody who can do those three things, right? Uh, and, and so, yeah, it, 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 he, he's, he's got a lot of self-confidence, uh, but he sneakingly says it. And I loved his – I just loved his personality uh, to go with the athletic ability uh, there at 17. All right, how important is it? Because a lot of people are talking about the cornerback position. It appears reportedly the Cowboys have talked to a lot of, uh, used their 30 visits uh, to talk to a lot of cornerbacks uh, and, and safeties. A couple of guys, C.J. Henderson, looks like he, uh, if you believe the, the mock drafts, uh, might get drafted before uh, 17, but there's some others that they appear to be interested in. And then you got a safety in Xavier McKinney from Alabama, uh, who they might even be able to trade back a few spots in Texas. Yeah, and I think they need one of each, but you can't have all three in the first round. Uh, so I think you have to have a, a list of priorities. What's more important? Is the defense end more important than the safety? Is the cornerback more important than the safety? How do you rank the cornerback versus the defensive end? Uh, because I think, you know, the three guys you mentioned, they're all very talented, uh, but which position can make the biggest impact on your team? Uh, and, and, and not necessarily 
addressing a need. But defensive end is, is what they did in the offseason. It's only a hope thing right now, right? Because you're hoping uh, Randy Gregory gets reinstated. You're hoping Alden Smith gets reinstated. And even if they do, then you're hoping that they're still the player they were when they once played, and neither of them have played football in quite some time. So the Cowboys addressed all these other positions. You know, and, and I understand you want to get better at cornerback after losing Byron Jones, but at least they re-signed Anthony Brown. So if you had to play tomorrow, you've got three corners you can say, I can go out there and play with. At defensive end on the right side, I don't know. You know, you got Tyrone Crawford, but he hadn't played, didn't play much last year, had two hip surgeries, and he's not really a pass rusher. He's a good, solid defensive end. So they need to address that pass rush edge guy I think, uh, and, and that would put me over uh, the edge, so to speak, uh, on a corner or a safety at that spot. Well, the other thing about the cornerbacks is there's a, there's a bunch of veteran cornerbacks uh, that are still out on the market in free agency, uh, where after the draft, they could go that route to fill a need. Uh, the other concern, though, in the secondary is you have so many players now in their last year of their contract, including uh, both starting uh, corners and Jordan Lewis and Tito Awuzie and, and then both starting safeties as it is right now, Xavier Woods as well as HaHa Clinton Dix. Yeah, and it seems like, though, what, what you said, uh, you know, that, that run on, on defensive end is going to go real quick. And I think yeah. when you get in the second and third round, you may not – the quality uh, may not be as good as the quality you can get at cornerback or safety or the quality, you know, you can get um, – at, at the wide receiver position, because I think there's some guys there that can play. And, and the other thing, Bill, you know, we're talking about some of their needs. And, boy, I, I just, just think they shouldn't go to sleep on the center position either, uh, mm -hmm. because uh, losing Travis Frederick, I know they signed Joe Looney, but, again, he signed for one year. And I understand the, the Giants had some interest in him. Uh, if they were looking to cover themselves at the center position, I'm sure uh, Jason Garrett said, hey, this guy can be a placeholder for us until we get a guy, right? Uh, but he, I think you want better. And, and they don't really have other alternatives. They've got Adam Redman. He didn't play last year, and you're not sure what he can do. Uh, you talk about Connor McGovern moving to center, but do you really want to trust a guy that hadn't played center since 2017 at Penn State to transition? when there may not be an off season, there may be a late start to training camp. And now you're going to take this guy and go, he could be my starting center. So to yep. me, uh, there's some guys that you can get in the second, third round uh, that can play the position. I think there's, there are some center candidates that you can get on the third day, even uh, now, whether they could, could be a walk-in starter, that's, that's highly up in the air, but they do have some options at the, at the center position. All right, in our last five minutes or so here, Mickey, let's talk wide receivers because that is the, appears to be the real strength of this draft. There could be as many as a half dozen wide receivers that go in the first round. The Cowboys have an obvious need at the slot position on offense. And one of the things that, that, that I sit here and wonder about, especially in this environment that we're in right now, not we're not 100% sure we're even going to have a season this year. I think best player available even more so than usual should be top of mind for not only the Cowboys, but every team. 
And if the best player available at 17 is a wide receiver, especially one that can play in the slot, uh, I think they've got to take a long, hard look at that. I, I, I would not argue with you one bit if they ended up taking a wide receiver because the offense you play, and, and, and I know what McCarthy likes to do, if you're going to use three wide receivers, then you need three starting wide receivers. Well, the Cowboys have two. Uh, and, and what's ever behind everybody right now, you can't tell me that that guy's going to go out there and give me 58 catches for more than 800 yards that Randall Cobb did last year. You've got to replace that. That's important. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I, I just think you can't go to sleep on the wide receiver position. And, you know, you should open up that big green notebook and, and tell me if, you know, I mean, three of these wide receivers could go before the Cowboys even draft. Uh, but, you know, something that might be available even in the second round. I, I could see using a second round pick on a guy that can play in the slot. Hey, my concern with the second round is I think that there's going to, there will likely be a run on these wide receivers. I think uh, David Jeremiah, or to Daniel Jeremiah, <laughs> said, his daddy's David Jeremiah. Daniel Jeremiah said that he, he's got 20 wide receivers in the top 100 picks. I believe that was the number that he had. But I think once you get past the first seven or eight, it's by the time you're picking at 51 in the second round, it's going to be like any other wide receiver draft because the really good ones, the difference makers, are going to be taken in the first 35 picks probably. Okay. So since you turned me on to this guy, I'm going to let you talk about him, LaVisca Chenault. I, I, love, I started looking at him, and boy, that certainly looks like an interesting wide receiver. Uh, and to your point about a Mike McCarthy offense, and we've seen what Randall Cobb was able to do in that Green Bay offense and then even last year with the Cowboys, a guy who has run after catchability in the slot. And LaVisca Chenault, who, by the way, is six foot, five-eighths inch tall, 227 pounds. He, uh, he lifts at Colorado. He lifts with the offensive lineman. He is so strong because they have to change the weights uh, with the wide receivers, so they just Levisca just go lift with the with the with the lineman instead. But he's got. I mean, he had a phenomenal 2018 season, uh, where he had a uh, thousand yards receiving, 86 catches in nine games played. Uh, not as much uh, in 2019. One of the knocks against him are injuries. I don't think that there. In fact, he had core muscle surgery uh, right after the combine. He posted a video. Uh, in the last couple of days, showing him working out. Doctors say that he's, I mean, he's about 100% already from that. I don't think that's a concern. Uh, you know, Mike McIntyre, the former Cowboys assistant coach, was his head coach at Colorado. He says glowing things about him. I've, I've reached out to him about him. Mel Tucker, who is a coach uh, this past year at Colorado, says that he is one of those guys that you don't find a guy like this but maybe once in your coaching career. I mean, that kind of athletic ability. I saw, uh, I saw one, one uh, draft Nick guy. Uh, his assessment of Chenault was he's probably the best athlete in the draft. And I think that speaks volumes. I also saw somebody in one of their mocks knock him for speed. He only ran a 4.58 at the combine. But what he did was he knew he had to have that surgery on that core muscle, but he ran anyway. He, that was one of the only things he did. And give him, for credit, give him credit for trying, but I right. guarantee he is faster than that. So, so he ran a 4.57 with a sports hernia. 
Yeah, basically, yes, absolutely. <laughs> somebody knocked him that speeds the – well, you got to point out why the speed was a problem. You can't just yeah. say it was speed. But but what – and he can play running back, too. I mean – Yes, you can hand him the ball. And I, remember, Mike McCarthy used his wide receivers Ty as Montgomery. That's right? exactly right. Ty Montgomery basically made the career switch from wide receiver uh, to running back. I mean, can you imagine – a Cowboys offense where you got Chenault on the field and you don't know whether they're going to go power or, you know, four wide or whatever it might be, you know, because they could line him up alongside Zeke and give it to either one of them. In the Absolutely. Back. And then throw Pollard in the equation and you can have a right. very versatile uh, offense. So, you know, we've talked about all these positions, Bill, and I know we're getting close to running out of time, uh, but the main thing I think for the Cowboys, and I think you mentioned it about best player available, especially with that first pick, they could remain flexible because they need a little bit of everything, right? And and my analogies I've been using uh, on these streaming shows we've been doing is, you see the dartboard behind me? If I replaced <laughs> the numbers on the dartboard with a position and you blindfolded me and I threw a dart, probably whatever I hit, they need. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we can make an argument that, nah, they don't need that. And, and Jerry and Mike brought it up yesterday in, in that uh, conference call about a quarterback. Hey, the backers were known for drafting quarterbacks in later rounds, the, the second or, or probably third day, and, and developing them. And even if they don't turn into, say, your backup because you're set on your starter, that you, you've got value there. It, it's a piece that you can trade and, and make some money off if, if you develop the guy. Now, the Cowboys have tried that. They failed a couple times. Stephen McGee, that was kind of their idea there. Now, their idea with Dak was the same thing, not knowing Tony was going to get hurt, and he had to end up being played. But So if, if, if my dart hits quarterback, yeah, at some point in this draft, take one. Yep, and, and you know, and you look at it. Yeah, Dak has been healthy throughout his career so far. Uh, but you would love to to have a quarterback who you really have some trust in, who has skins on the wall in his college career, uh, who for the next four years can be your backup. And um, you know, and in a pinch, you feel pretty comfortable that you're not going to lose what you've put into this team. Uh, because of the uncertainty at the backup quarterback position. All right, so we're about out of time. You gonna make your pick now? I, I still, I'm still, I'm taking with my, sticking with my LSU guy, Kavlon Chason. Hard for me to say it that K. Levon Chason kind of runs together, but uh, I, I like him. Well, I think the, the dream draft would be if somehow Lavisca fell to 51 in the second round. Yes, and absolutely. Levon first and Lavisca in the second round. I mean, I, I don't have a problem taking LaVisca in the first round myself. And maybe That's a trade back. And then, yeah, and got yeah. an extra pick. And, yeah. and, you know, one position we didn't touch, and I know we got to go, is who's your backup swing offensive tackle, by the way? That's, that's another one. I got a name for you. Hakeem Adeniji. Oh, yeah? Did from you practice Kansas. pronouncing that? He's from Kansas. Oh, Hakeem no. Adeniji. And I he can play? He's from Garland High School. Jeff Jordan. I remember he's, Jeff, yeah. He's done some uh, freelance work with the Cowboys scouting department through the years, and he wound up being at Kansas. He, he followed David Beatty, the head coach up there, and Adeniji went up there, and he's a, he's a good-looking prospect as a swing offensive lineman, whether it's a tackle or guard. Just in fourth round or so, fourth or fifth round. 
there you, you go. go. So we, we haven't eliminated any position, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun to watch, and we will reconvene at some point to see how right we were, right? Absolutely, Bill, and uh, thanks for being with us on Mix Shots.